Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fourth State Drive Time. It is Thursday, Cinco de Mayo, 2016. Coming to you live from I-40 on a beautiful day outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Light traffic and hopefully good drivers. The Fourth State Drive Time is brought to you by Suit Up by Philip Larson, the perfect book for the graduate on your list deals with a number of real-life interactions, things your kids or kids' friends or friends of kids are going to be facing as they leave home and go off to college or leave college and go off into the real world. A lot of good practical questions and answers. Check it out at Philip Larson, P-H-I-L-L-I-P Larson with an E dot com. Use the coupon code T4E podcast and save yourself 10% off of any and all purchases until these ads run out. Also by George at woodwatches.com. Still time to order your mom a Mother's Day gift. You might have to use expedited shipping unless she doesn't care about the lateness of your present. Woodwatches.com. Check them out. Great stuff there at George. Use the coupon code T4E podcast and save yourself 10% on any order. This morning, big news. I think this is probably significant. Neither of the former presidents, Bush, 41 or 43, plan to endorse or in any way participate in the Republican campaign for president this year. Donald Trump apparently has had at least one early success, and that is keeping either of the former presidents, Bush, from campaigning for him. This according to the Texas Tribune and others, Fox and ABC have already picked this up as well. Each former president's spokesperson has addressed the issue and I think the the approximate wording is will not be campaigning or will not be uh, appearing in support or something along that line. It's very benign uh, but it speaks a lot. Bush 41 apparently has endorsed every president since he every Republican candidate since he left office uh, two of those being his own son of course and then he made a few appearances for Jeb along the way this time. Uh, you remember him. He was a candidate for president for seven or eight seconds. You remember? Jeb Bush. The Atlantic brings up a uh, very interesting point this morning. That is, can Hillary Clinton take advantage of all of this? Uh, and will she have to come to the center in order to do it? And if she comes to the center, will she be able to keep Bernie Sanders supporters? Now, We do have uh, some precedent for this kind of thing because Ron Paul had a very, very active base of support in 2008 and 2012, and when he did not receive the nomination, most of his supporters did not, in turn, support uh, Mitt Romney or John McCain because they were actually looking for, uh, you know, change, and so they didn't uh, didn't support in mass the two Republican nominees. So it will be interesting to see if Hillary Clinton is able to, uh, main, if she maintains the position that she's in, whether she moves to the center to try to pick up uh, disaffected Republicans, or whether she, and, and potentially lose Sanders supporters, who many of whom are actual Democrats, or whether she tries to move farther to the left and uh, cause a lot of disaffected Republicans just to stay home and not vote at all. Because the biggest... Uh, the biggest protest vote that angry Republicans can launch now is not to vote for Trump because angry Republicans now are angry because of Trump. 
So the biggest protest vote that angry Republicans uh, would possibly launch is to vote for Clinton, but she would have to moderate because she's the second most uh, disliked. This is uh, this is estimated statistics. Second most disliked politician running for president this time around, and um, in some polls she may lead that category. So it'll be interesting. If you didn't see my uh, my hypothetical on the blog a couple of days ago, <clears throat> I wrote a, a very short post that you can read in about two minutes on how it's possible to disrupt the Electoral College so that neither Trump nor Clinton uh, would be able to gain a clear majority and the, uh, the voting would be thrown into the House. Now, if you're not aware of how it works, this is how it works. If nobody gains 270 Electoral College votes in the general election, then uh, the top three vote-getters nationally, so we can, at this point, we could figure that to be Clinton, Trump, and probably Libertarian Gary Johnson, who ran for president last time and gained, uh, I think, about a million votes, maybe 1.5 nationally. Uh, Those three names would be then submitted to the House of Representatives. The House of Representatives then would choose the president. Now, one of the early objections to my hypothetical was, yeah, but doesn't that just mean that Trump is going to be elected since the House of Representatives is controlled by Republicans? Well, the House of Representatives is controlled by Republicans at the moment. They have to maintain control through the November election. Um, So there's all kinds of possibilities that could play out. It could be that uh, constituents finally figure out that the representatives represent something besides themselves, get on the phone in their email and demand that a particular person be chosen rather than the party nomination or the party nominee. Uh, so anyway, there are options, uh, not the least of which is that Hillary Clinton could win in a landslide uh, that would make Reagan over Mondale uh, look like a. Um, uh, a squeaker, uh, and then Trump could win in a uh, in a squeaker or with a healthy margin. So it'll be interesting to see who really is able to uh, get a leg up, so to speak, uh, come November. Uh, that was courtesy of the Atlantic, by the way. John Kasich, as you probably know, has suspended his campaign. Uh, so the the most qualified, as far as experience goes, uh, on the Republican side is now uh, no longer a candidate for president, and uh, which is a shame because Kasich was really the only candidate uh, through the primaries who was able to articulate why his experience mattered and what it meant for uh, a plan. And um, sad to see him go, just to be honest. I don't expect that he's going to be invited into a uh, potential Trump cabinet, even though Trump is already trying to make nice with uh, Cruz and Kasich. Really good article in the New York Times. This will this is in the episode notes, or will be when we, when we launch, and I hope that you'll take a look at it, uh, where the Times basically issues a soft mea culpa for doing such a terrible job of reporting in the Republican primary. Uh, gives a couple of reasons why, but what it boils down to is they trusted the polls rather than trusting reporters to ferret out the actual stories. And they point all the way back to Eric Cantor's loss, uh, his sudden and surprise loss, when he was up in the polls. Uh, that highway response unit is not coming for me. 
when he was up in the polls anywhere from 13 to 34 percent and was unseated by a nobody uh, in the last election cycle and uh, caused quite a ripple. And the Times admits that that was indicative of an undercurrent that they then failed to take uh, take notice of, as did most of the major media. And they actually give a shout-out to several uh, local and um, kind of lesser top-tier, not top-tier, I should say, uh, outlets that picked up on it and reported on it at the time. Uh, so this is a really cool article because it it um, it's an admittance that journalists do not always get it right and media outlets uh, really have messed up on occasion in not covering the the, uh, the stories in the way that they should and what they're going to try to do to, to address that. So that's in the Times this morning. And specifically taking on the chin uh, is Nate Silver's 538.com um, where who has criticized a couple of times for, quote, misunderestimating, unquote, hat tip GWB, um, the, uh, the support for Trump especially and the, um, the possibility of Indiana going toward Cruz. So a lot of good stuff in, these, uh, in the article from the Times. And then finally, the Wall Street Journal reports that the Florida State Supreme Court uh, – and let me uh, rephrase, I don't know if it's the Florida State Supreme Court or if it's the Supreme Court looking at a case in Florida. Uh, so I do not know, and that's, but it is in the, the article, I'm sure. Uh, a guy on death row in Florida is looking to have his sentence converted to life in prison. And if that is the case because of the, the way the case is framed, then over 390 people on death row in Florida would have their sentences commuted to life in prison. So this is a big deal. If you've read my blog, any, at martyduran.com, and I appreciate all who have, uh, you know that I, I personally struggle with the issue of the death penalty and uh, have almost reached the point that I can say uh, I am anti-death penalty, not because I'm against the inherent violence of it, not because... I'm concerned, uh, overly concerned about whether it's cruel and unusual punishment or even unjust, but because the way that the system goes in the United States right now, there's just too great a possibility that an injustice is going to take place when a person is put to death because of the corruption involved in the system, the lack of transparency involved in the system. Uh, It's just a mess. And so, um, I have uh, almost come to that point. So, um, wow, big wreck here on the side with a motorcyclist and a truck. I've almost come to the point that I can say uh, I can't support the death penalty, and I feel very comfortable saying I can't support it uh, as it is currently practiced in the United States, and I would prefer uh, that Florida go ahead and convert these to life because there will be a certain percentage of these guys that will be found innocent Uh, after their scheduled execution date. So, thanks for listening. The 4th Estate Drive Time is brought to you by Suit Up by Philip Larson. Uh, Check it out at philiplarson.com. The link is in the episode notes. Save 10% using T4E Podcast for the coupon code and jordwoodwatches.com. Same thing. Thank you for all the ratings and reviews at iTunes and those of you who haven't taken the time to do that. Could you take a couple of minutes to uh, give me a five if you feel like a five is warranted and uh, leave a short review and encourage others to listen. That'd be a tremendous encouragement to me. 
The Fourth State Drive Time is brought to you by Roundtable Media Group. If you have an interest in doing your own podcast and would like to be affiliated with Roundtable, please shoot me an email, marty at roundtablemediagroup.com, and I'll be glad to work with you on that. We have uh, four coming up to five podcasts being uh, produced or affiliated with Roundtable right now. So we are small but growing and excited to have you listening. Check out roundtablemediagroup.com for the entire list and to listen to some right there on the page. Thanks again for listening. This is Marty Duran with the 4th State Drive Time, and as always, I hope you have a fantastic day.